gracious Lord, we just ask that you be with us today, that you open up your word for us that we may know it afresh and anew for our lives. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. So we are in the second week of our preaching series, looking at a few of the Psalms. Now, we're not going to go through the whole of the Psalms, because we'd be here for years if we just spent a little time just focusing on it. But today, as, as James has already alluded, I'm going to be looking at one of the, one of the most famous Psalms of, uh, that we have here, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, James already, you know, kind of jumped in there with a little bit of information about how often we use that, and we'll kind of get back into that in a moment. But I want to let you in a little secret. I struggled to actually come up with what and wrestled all week. And I, was, I was talking to Paul on Friday, just going, I don't think I've got it yet. I've been, I've been sitting in Psalm 23 all week and going, what is the message that I need to bring? What is God wanting me to bring today for Pitwater Uniting Church? And I've kind of been sitting and struggling and letting it sit on me as, as just over, over that period of time and just going, what do you want me to bring? And it's the, it's the preacher's dilemma. You know, sometimes you've got a, a passage of Scripture that just speaks to you and it just flows out. Like in half an hour, you've got a message and it's all there. And so other times you sit and you're wrestling and it works on you and you, the Scripture works on you as much as it works on preaching. So how do you bring a message about a passage that has been influential for centuries in people's lives in some of the darkest and hardest moments of their times? So what I want to do is ask you the question that James asked. How many people have heard Psalm 23 read at a funeral? There's a, there's a few people. How many people have heard Psalm 23 preached on at a funeral? Okay, I can see one person. Isn't it amazing? You know, we, we, we read it, but we don't often preach about it. And we don't even preach about it at the place that it is used most often. At a funeral. So, you know, I, I'm going to get nerdy for you. So, I, I was tossing up whether to be nerdy or not, but I'm going to be nerdy today. And we're going to go through this psalm bit by bit by bit and just kind of look into it. Psalm 23 helps us to realize that, that, that God is present and continues to guide us. So, that overarching founding thing is. Have that as part of your mind, that God is present and continues to guide us. It also helps us to realize that God offers comfort, that God offers protection. Psalm 23 helps us realize that God brings restoration to us both now in the present time. So it's a, it's a, it's a moment of support and help in times of difficulty and whatever, but also in the time to come in future times. Now, there is a bit of debate whether that is about time in heaven or, or here on earth. Well, I won't go into that. So let's get nerdy. Let's open up our Bibles. You know, and we're going to put the first section up on there. And I'm going super nerdy. I'm going to use the King James Version. 
And, and I'm using the New King James Version, just so we've got a little bit language that's a little bit more modern for us. But um, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 4, because that's a little section. And, you know, it breaks, thematically it breaks around verse 5, between 4 and 5. You know, pastoral, you know, it's a pastoral scene in verses 1 to 4, and then 5 to scene, it's a scene of a banquet. And so we're going to break it into that. So we've got verses 1 to 4 on the screen for those that haven't opened up their Bible, that don't have it with you. Um, make some notes, whatever you might like to do. But let, let's go through it. And, and the reason I've done this is because when, when we remember this passage, when we remember... Psalm 23, we often remember the words from the King James Version. Now, other versions will shift and change it slightly, but it's the King James Version that we often will remember. And it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, and I like that, we've left it, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So we just, that's the first section. Now, it's thought that this psalm is written by a king. It's written by a king in a time of trouble. In a time of trouble, and this king is displaying confidence in that God, that is Yahweh, um, confidence in Yahweh's ability to, to help in this time of trouble. It has been suggested, and you'll notice that in most of our translations, it'll say a psalm of David written on the top of this psalm. Now, it's, it, you know, our psalms don't have psalm of David written on top of that. It's, it's what we think that it is. So it's been attributed to David, the, the king, um, and especially attributed to the time when he is fleeing from Absalom, so fleeing from an, another man trying to, you know, usurp him. And so that's where we find this. The, star, the psalm starts with this statement, the first one, Yahweh, the Lord, Yahweh is my shepherd. You know, there, there is a super big emphasis here when we read this on my. Let, let me do that. The Lord is my shepherd. Notice the emphasis. The Lord is my shepherd. It's important because there's been a temptation throughout ancient Israel history to, chat, you know, to refer to God as our God, as the communal God, a God of Israel, God of our fathers, of our ancestors, and, and being that distant, larger group kind of understanding of God. And here we have the psalmist, who we think is King David, delving into the depths and going, the Lord is not our God, the Lord is my God. Very personal, very intimate, very close. Bringing it back to our God is also not only for the community, not for the wide, all of that, but for us as individuals. God is there for you. It also shows that that covenant relationship that, that God has with Israel, God has with his people, is the same covenant relationship of protection and guidance and love and support and care for us as individuals. 
that covenant is there for you as well. God is our shepherd. A shepherd brings up you know, all these images of, of caring, for, you know, caring for sheep. And, you, and I'm sure you've got a picture in your mind of what a shepherd looks like. You know, can you see a shepherd? Australian shepherd would be, um, you know, might be sitting on horseback, but most likely on a you know quad bike, um, with a with a you know a sheepdog next to them, and well, actually not just one, but a few, and um, whistling and getting them to round up the sheep and bring them close, you know. But that's not the image. I'm sure that's not the image that you have of the Lord as a shepherd. And you've probably seen, you know, in 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 all of those um, illustrated things of of, of the of Jesus, the, the shepherd, the good shepherd, and you know, carrying a sheep on their shoulder and walking along and with a hook and a crook, you know, that kind of, that kind of look. Um, so you've probably got that in your mind. But what I want you to do is expand that a little bit more, not just about the images of what a person might look like, but about the functions and the nature and the reality of who a shepherd is. So a shepherd there is to look after the sheep, to care for them, to tend for them, to make sure they're okay, they don't wander off, that they've got food to eat, they've got all of the provisions they need in order to, to grow and survive and, you know, and multiply. God is our shepherd, is my shepherd. And God is providing protection, providing care, providing provision. That is what a shepherd does. And because the shepherd is doing that, because our God is doing that for us, what do we do? What's the next part? I shall not want. Notice it's not we, it's not we, we're not going to want for anything, it's I shall not want. Because my God is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's very personal. There's not, there's not wanting for further provisions. So I want to ask you this question, even from verse 1, I want to ask you this question. In the midst of all that is happening in our lives, now our lives could be cruising along, but you know it may not be. Our lives might be, you know, might be some tough areas in our lives. You know, things going on, family troubles, or issues at work, or health issues, or you know, just getting older. You know, can you honestly say, say with confidence, say with with the confidence that that David is saying here? That God is our shepherd and, you know, is your shepherd and is protecting you. That he's providing for you. And that you're not going to go and seek comfort in outside things outside of God. That we find comfort in God alone. Can we say that? Or do we bring on things from the world to fill out when God doesn't? Step up. Here we have a psalmist fleeing from persecution in the wilderness, claiming that God is there guiding and protecting, and he's not going to want for anything. And now how do we know that he's not going to want? And it fills it out in verses 2 to 4. And what, 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 does, what does the shepherd do? Well, it brings the sheep to lie down in green pastures. Besides still waters, and these are all poetic descriptions of provision for sheep, but it's you know, but it, it's a reality as well. Sheep need to eat, 
Sheep need to drink, and they don't want to be doing it while they're racing around being chased by things. They want to have green, lovely, lush pastures to eat. They want to be able to have water that they can drink that is not, uh, you know, uh, flowing and rushing by, that it's still gentle waters. Not only does God provide the basic needs, but God also then restores our souls, restores us spiritually, redeems us and brings us closer. God's protection, provision for us is beyond just the physical. It is also the spiritual and it brings us close. God also not only provides provision, but he provides guidance, direction for our lives and care for us as we journey through whatever we are journeying through. See, God's guidance here is one of of the reasons why the psalmist here writes that they shall not want because God provides guidance. See, just as a shepherd walks their herd to fresh pastures, and see, this is, what, this is what a shepherd would do back in the time. Not hop on a you know, quad bike with sheepdogs, but would walk the sheep from one pasture, once it's been eaten, to another pasture. And then the sheep would have it. Or to where there was water or where there was safety. And they would have sheep pens where they would come and keep the sheep at night for protection and safety. And so we're reminded as we read this that God leads us from one green pasture to another. And we need to keep in mind that in that time, in that place, green pastures were seasonal. That during winter and and spring, the grasses would be green. But during summer and autumn, they would have browned off. But here we have... The psalmist saying that God is providing green pastures, not seasonally, but continually. Providing refreshment, not just in purrs and spats, in, in little sections. I'm just going to say something else, but little sections of time, but continually for us. God's provision is ongoing. This helps us understand that. Not only is it constant, it is abundant. It is all that we need. Depending on what translation you may have read, and we, you know, we, we've had both the, the NIV today and also the King James Version, you, you get to this passage where we often will think that this passage is talking about death, about the valley of the shadow of death. Now, some people do kind of think that it is around that Some translations go through the valley of deep shadows or darkness. And the imagery is consistent, you know, with with a shepherd who is taking their sheep from one green pasture and still quiet waters to another one through these valleys, deep valleys and wadis where you could go through and the sides of the valleys are so deep that the shadows would be dark. And you're taking sheep that want, don't want to necessarily go in their own, you know, the direction they want to go to, and they're having to drive them through these areas where it is dark and scary for the sheep to go through. And yet, 
The psalmist is saying, you are my shepherd and you lead me through these valleys of darkness and I am not going to fear. I am going to walk with you because you are there, you are guiding you. You are my shepherd and I know that I will get to the other side and there will be pasture. There will be provision. There will be hope. So when we come to ourselves... When we come to what it might mean for us in our lives, when there is uncertainty in our life, when there may be dark places in our life that we are not confident that we can carry through ourselves, do we turn to God in prayer? Do we turn to God in prayer and in confidence and in song and in faithfulness to draw us through those dark places to where God has got provision and hope for us? But we know that our shepherd, our Lord, our, will guide us through those times. We need to be listening for God's voice in the dark times. We need to be listening for God's direction and follow. I want, I want, to, I want to share with you, you know, just a little time in my life where you know, things weren't going so well. Things were a bit tough, difficult, dark time. And one of the things that helped me in that was... And we've been talking about in this series so far about singing and, and praising God and worshipping and, and how songs are, psalms are a place of singing and worship and of lifting up who God is. One of the things that helped me through my dark times and difficult times I had was to actually take myself for a walk and put on worship music. When it got me out of the funk of just sitting and doing, you know, being in the place where I felt you know, that I wasn't, wasn't safe or wasn't a, a place of it. got me out of that. And it got me walking and seeing what the creator, what God has done in the world. But at the same time, I had worship songs that were praising God, that were lifting me up and drawing me up into praising who God is and what God has done. And, and actually, it took me from that place of darkness by just singing and worshipping into a place of celebration and understanding that God is there for me. And so I would walk and I would listen and I would worship and sometimes, and I, and I don't know whether you've ever done this, you just want to raise your hand up and you're going, oh, hang on, maybe somebody just in the, is driving by and the car's wondering why you've got your hand raised or you're singing aloud and you're going, oh, I shouldn't do that. I've got my earphones in and I just cannot hear and I'm told that I sing atrociously at the best of times. But it doesn't matter. I was just making a joyful noise to the Lord and just being part of that. And it, and it really did just change who I was and what was happening. I want to give you one last little bit tidbit just before I move on to the last two verses. Um, just about the rod and the staff. See, the rod and the staff are both tools of the shepherd, but they are also tools of the king. We need to, it, it, there's lots of imagery of shepherd and king being woven together through all of this. And the rod and the staff is symbols of, of, of a king that guides and cares for their subjects rather than a king that rules with an iron fist and a sword, a king that rules with a rod and a staff is one that cares and guides and provides for their subjects. And so you see that this is woven together through this psalm 
of God's provision and care. Not a warlike God, but a God that cares for us. So as I said, you know, that the last two verses, which we'll put up on the screen, verses four, I mean five and six, actually shifts from this pastoral scene of a shepherd and our God, our Yahweh, into a scene of a banquet. Now, it, it, I don't think it's like this. You know, suddenly the psalmist is thinking, oh, a sheep doing this, shepherd doing this, oh, let's just jump to the left, you know, jump to the right, I jump to the right, left for you guys. But, you know, just jump there and suddenly we're in a hall with food and tables. I like to see this as more like God has provided a table in the wilderness, provided this banquet in the midst of the trouble. And so you see, it doesn't take us into another location. It keeps us together. But the imagery shifts and changes. And there's some special things that help us understand how God's provision for us is so blessed for us in all of this. Let me read it for you from the King James Version, New King James Version. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So if you notice how I said before that this psalm is, is written by a king who's fleeing from their enemies in times of trouble, and yet in the midst of fleeing, what does God do? Puts a table in front of them, in the midst, in front of my enemies. It's not in this hall, it's not in this grand palace, out in the wilderness. And you anoint my head with oil, my cup run over, runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. See, here's the thing. An honoured guest at a banquet is one that is seated at the head of the table. Let me, let me just digress for a moment. You know, I, like last year, I, was, I, I went to a church service, a special church service, um, and they, you know, as, as Presbytery chairperson at that point in time um, for the George's River Presbytery, and, it was this, and I, I preached... And then we had a meal afterwards. And being the Presbytery chairperson at that time, guess what? I was the honoured guest. A guest where I got to sit. At the head table with all the food, right in the middle. Honoured guest, special person. Here is the honoured guest at this banquet at the head of the table. They're sitting in the prime position with everybody else around. Those that are the enemies are around, but God is providing here this banquet. And then pushing into further, what do, what do you do with an honoured guest? Well, when you come into a banquet and the honoured guest, they, they would anoint your head with oil, perfumed oil. They would have got some perfume and olive oil, put it, mixed it together and anointed you as somebody special to take away the smell and the grime and the grub of the world around us and coming in and sitting down and Smelling lovely and beautiful. So anointing your head with oil, perfumed oil. And then my cup runs over. That's a, an understanding that, you know, as the honoured guest, you would be given the best, you would be given the first, you'd be given the most and so much food that it runs over. The cup there is running over. It's showing that God in the midst of all of this is providing provision, beyond provision, beyond provision, even though we are in this time of trouble. God cares for us. We are 
God's special guest. If we push this whole imagery into the New Testament, into where Jesus is, and we see that Jesus as the fulfillment of that, Jesus has provided for us, continues to guide us and lead us through his life, his teaching, through his death on the cross, through his sacrifice. We know we have guidance. We know we have forgiveness. We know we have restoration in all of this because of what Jesus has done. Let me just make one final point before we finish up. In all of this, it is the vitality of the relationship that the psalmist has with God that is the most important thing here. It is the vitality of our relationship that we have with God that defines who we are as well. See, for King David, even in the midst of all of this, even in the midst of the pain and the heartache, what does he say? He says, there is a table you are providing for me. My head is anointed, my cup runs over, and what do I do? I know that goodness and mercy will continue to be there all of my days of my life, and what will I do? I will dwell in the house. What is my response I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I respond, my vitality of my relationship with God means it draws me back to worship. It draws me back to singing. It draws me back to prayer. It draws me back to being with God in God's presence. To remember that and have that as part of who we are. This is what it means to have Psalm 23 as the foundation of our faith here, of lifting up and knowing that our God, is our shepherd and guides us, provides for us, leads us. Do you have a vital living relationship with God? Let me ask you that. Do you have a vital living relationship with God? It will draw you through times of trouble. It will sail you through times of hope and joy. Keep hanging on to your relationship with God, even in the tough times. There's a reason why Psalm 23 is, is read at funerals. There is a reason why Psalm 23 is read when people are finding it tough because it reminds us of God's provision, of God's care, of God's looking after us, of God's special, personal shepherding of us as individuals. So let's just pray. Lord God, we, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that you lead us in all of these times that we have in our lives. And Lord, we just we, we pray today. We pray that if there is the times of heartache and hardship that we are going through right now, Lord, help us to, to see you as our shepherd in that, that you are guiding us, you are providing for us, you are leading us, that we shall not want, that we will draw close to you, you will... You will provide for us above and beyond all things. Lord, open our eyes and our hearts to the fact that you are our shepherd. That you 
are the one that we can have that close relationship, that you do anoint us. Anoint us with your Holy Spirit. Anoint us with your love. Anoint us with your care. Lord, we ask this today. We ask this today in your holy word.